0: This morning we're going to be talking about fa- facts, faith, and feelings. Facts, faith, and feelings. And if you got your Bible with you, why don't you flip on over to Matthew chapter 24, verses 10 through 13? Matthew chapter 24, verses 10 through 13 is where we're going to start this morning. And while you find that in your in your Bible or in your phone, I'm going to pray. God, I just pray that your Holy Spirit. Well, God, the words that I speak. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will open the ears to hear what you have to say to the church this morning. And I pray, Lord, that you will transform our lives, Lord, by the renewing of our minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So Matthew chapter 24, verse 10 through 13 says this, and many, did say all, says, and many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. This is Jesus speaking. He's talking about the last days, all right. I want to tell you something. I wanted to give you a Fox News flash. Seems like every time you turn Fox News on, there's a news flash going on. I'm like, really? News flash here: we're living in the last days. I think we're living in the last of the last days. Okay. Now you understand that when Jesus, uh, when Jesus was uh, taken into heaven, the last days began. Because the next thing is for him to return, right? Uh, we believe in a rapture of the church, which is a taking away of the church before the great tribulation. I'm not going to get into uh, a big tribulation discussion this morning. just want you to know that we believe that that's going to happen, that we're going resur- to be raptured, and we're going to be taken uh, to his throne before the great tribulation, before the great wrath of God is poured out upon uh, this earth. And uh, so we're in the last days. And one day Jesus will return, and physically he will return to earth and set his foot down on the Mount of Olives. But he says, In the last days, many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. All right, he didn't say, He, he said that they're going to turn away from him. And when they turn away from him, they're going to betray and hate each other. And then he says, And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. So uh, sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And I want to say in this uh, message this morning, I want you to remember that. The one who endures to the end will be saved. All right? So when the last four weeks, we have had some uh, very... Vocal and very um, prominent Christian, uh, influential Christian leaders who have come out and they've either done one or two things. They've either said, I'm leaving the faith, or they said, I'm really in the mode of leaving the faith and really thinking about leaving the faith and really thinking about whether or not I want to re- remain a Christian. Now, uh, I am a, a news junkie. I listen to the news, I listen to Christian news, I listen to what's going on in the world uh, with Christians, what's going on in the world with non-Christians. I want to know what's happening. I believe that pastors should do that because pastors should be the sounding, uh, the sounding cry to the church because a lot of you, I, I talked to Christy and my mom, they go, boy, I wouldn't know that if you didn't tell me because a lot of people don't keep up with the news. And I think that the pastor's uh, job is to make sure that we know what's going on in the last days so that we can help navigate these last days in an effective manner so that we can be the kind of Christians that the Lord wants us to be. So in the last four weeks, we've had two. And let me say, this is not something new, but these are prominent men who have stepped out to say this. One of them you may have heard of, is his name is Josh Harris. And I'm going to try not to go over what we went over Wednesday night, okay? We're not really headed that direction. We were dealing with apologetics and dealing with these men Wednesday night. But one is Josh Harris. Now, if you remember Josh, if if you don't, uh, he's part of the home. His dad is a part of the homeschool movement of of the United States. But Josh was also the one who wrote the book "I Kiss Dating Goodbye" and really promoted uh, abstinence before marriage and promoted uh, courtship over dating, which I'm a I'm real big on. I've seen God do amazing things when we put it in His hands and stop worrying about uh, ourselves and how we can fool somebody else into marrying us, right? <laughs> That's what a lot of it is. Uh, but abstinence, right? Abstinence is one of the things. Well, I, I want to read directly from him on these two different leaders in, in Christianity. Now, they may not be your leader. You may not be somebody you follow, but you gotta understand. Josh Harris, for instance, his book, I Kid Dating Goodbye, sold over a million copies. So a lot of people are listening to Josh Harris. Now, the week before he put this on Instagram, he announced that him and his wife were divorcing after, I think, 20 years of marriage, that they were getting a divorce. But it was amicable and everybody was good and nobody had any problems with it. That's what he said. I don't know how his kids felt about that. So here's what he said the next week. He said, I've undergone a massive shift in regard to my faith in Jesus. The popular phrase for this is deconstruction. Uh, the biblical, this is his words. The biblical phrase is falling away. By all the measurements that I have for defining a Christian, I am not a Christian. Many people tell me that there is a different way to practice faith, and I want to remain open to this, but I'm not there now. I've lived in repentance for the past several years, repenting, of my self-righteousness, my fear-based approach to life, the teaching of my books, my views of women in church, in my approach to parenting, just to name a few. But I specifically want to add to this list now the LGBTQ plus community. I want to say that I'm sorry for the views that I've taught in my books and as a pastor regarding sexuality. I regret standing against marriage equality for not affirming you and your place in the church talking about the LGBTQ plus people, and for any ways that my writing and speaking contribute to a culture of exclusion and bigotry. So I hope that you can forgive me. So Josh is saying right here that he's done with his faith. I'm done. Now, this is a guy whose parents are Christians. This is a guy whose family is Christian's. This is a guy who wrote books about Christianity and pastored a church, a large church at that. He's saying, I'm done with Christianity. I'm done with my faith in Jesus, and I'm totally walking away from it, to the point that two weeks ago, he participated in a homosexual pride parade. I mean, he didn't just say, I'm, I'm going to leave the faith. I'm going to go by quietly, you know. No, he says, I'm going to take a... 180 degree turn and go back the other way. Now I want to say that Josh can be redeemed just because he turned away from God right now does not mean that he, that the Lord cannot draw him back and pull him back to that. All right. So this is, this is one, he he is an influential Christian leader and he's, he's lost his belief. Now here's another one who says, I'm losing. I'm, it's, it's, it's going away from me pretty much. Let me read. This is Marty Sampson. You've probably sung one or two of his songs. He is a prolific songwriter for Hillsong, Hillsong United, Delirious, and um, a few other bands. Prolific songwriter. Very good. His songs are great. They talk about the Lord, talk about needing God, talk about who he is. But he's been writing since uh, for Hillsong, I think, since like early 2000, maybe late 99. So this guy is not new to the faith. This guy's not new to Christianity. He's not new to, to hearing uh, the word and being, ha- having preachers preach the word. But here's what Marty Sampson said. Time for some real talk. I'm genuinely losing my faith and it doesn't bother me. You think that's bad? He says, like, what bothers me now is nothing. Nothing. Not only is that, now listen to what he says next. And I am so happy now, so at peace with the world, it's crazy. Did y'all get that? He says, it's crazy. I'm so at peace. I'm so happy. Everything is great. He said, this is a soapbox moment, so here I go. How many preachers fall? Many. No one talks about it. Let me say, everything he says here, he says, no one talks about it. It's not true. Okay? It, it, what he's saying has no factual basis. I'm sure you have talked to somebody about a preacher that you've seen fall. I know I have. I hear it on the radio, I hear it on the news. When somebody falls, people talk about it, especially when a Christian leader falls. He says, no one talks about it. How many miracles happen? Not many. What's amazing is a miracle happened with one of his friends. Darlene, check, you know, one, the main worship leader for Hillsong forever. Uh, she she was, uh, had a miracle. She had, uh, I think, breast cancer or something. God healed her of that. Um, not many. No one talks about it. Why is the Bible full of contradictions? No one talks about it. Now, again, contradictions, that's the very broad term. Um, how can God be loved yet send four billion people to a place all because they don't believe? No one talks about it. Christians can be the most judgmental people on the planet. They can also be some of the most beautiful and loving people, but it's not for me. I'm not in it anymore. I want genuine truth, not the I just believe it kind of truth. Science keeps piercing the truth of every religion. Lots of things help people change their lives. Not just one version of God. Uh, Got so much more to say, but for me, I'm keeping it real. Unfollow if you want. I've uh, I've never been about living my life for others. All I know is that what's true for me right now in Christianity just seems to me like another religion at this point. I could go on, but I won't. Love and forgive absolutely. Be kind absolutely. Be generous and do good for others absolutely. Some things are good no matter what you believe. Let the rainfall and the sun come up tomorrow. Now, again, I don't want to deal with every issue this morning that he just laid out here or said here because there's a lot of issues that I have. Um, you know, number one, where is he going to tell us to love people if he doesn't know Jesus because he has no basis of what love is? And why does he tell us to do it? Absolutely. If you don't believe in, in the truth of Jesus, then you've got to make up your own truth. These are things that we talk about on Wednesday nights in our apologetics. It's things that I want to help you with so that you know how to deal. This is the world that we're going into. In the United States, these kind of people are where we're headed they sound like thinkers. They sound like they're intelligent. They, the things they put out there, they make they make a broad statement that the Bible has all these contradictions in it. These are the people that, are, that we're going to have to deal with. And that's why apologetics is so important. That's why you knowing how to defend your faith is important. That's why we have discipleship groups. That's why we have Wednesday nights. It's not so that we can just have church. It's so that we can learn and be prepared. I love y'all being here on Sunday mornings, but I understand you're only going to remember just a little bit of what I preach, okay? So that one-on-one time is great for all of us. So these two men are, are, are leaving Christianity or they're thinking about leaving Christianity. But what, <clears throat> what I want us to remember is that these will not be the first two and they'll not be the last two. If you remember the first one, you remember the first major guy who left left Jesus? His name was Judas Iscariot. So remember there's going to be some people that are going to leave Jesus that are popular. But I don't put my faith, my trust, my hope, my love in them. I put it in Jesus. And if they say something that's biblical, I'm going to take it. And if they're, if they're telling me stuff that's extra biblical, I'm going to question whether I should even listen to them at all. Extra biblical means it's outside of the Bible. It's something they, they put up there, and the Bible cannot, um, cannot back up what they're saying. All right? So I'm going to do it. So why are these guys leaving Christianity? Why? Number one, this is what uh, we're talking about, facts, faith, and healings. The number one thing why is facts. Number one, they have left the facts in, in the dust. Did you know that our Bible is historically accurate? It is archaeologically accurate. It really is. Now, people say, well uh but do you, do you believe in in um, that the earth is really old, or do you believe in in a young earth theory that doesn 't matter that has nothing to do with the accuracy of the word it it, it it changes nothing about the accuracy of the word and when we look at it, we can see that our uh, that, that, that the writers of the New Testament that what they said was accurate that there were it 's backed up there 's so much truth to it, and uh, one of the uh, one of, the, one of our guys we just went through, uh, one of the courses is called uh, Cold Case, not Cold Case Christianity, that's another guy. Uh, anyway, he's a police detective, J, J. Warner Wallace, and he became a Christian because of the facts. See, we need to become a Christian because of the facts, not because of the rest. And we're going to get into the rest of it here in a minute. But we need to be able to look at the facts and say, this is true. This is true. This is true. This is true. This is true, and we could do that. So, when you look at look at uh, Josh and you look at um, Marty, one of the things that stands out to me is they don't care about the facts. They don't. Th- who cares what the facts are? I don't care about the facts, but we we need the facts. And when it comes to Christ, we uh, come because of this first fact. The, the scripture that everybody in this place can quote. what do you think that scripture is? There you go. John 3:16, "For God so loved the world that He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's a fact. Jesus died. It's a fact. We don't have to question if he died. He was buried. It's a fact. And we have enough proof to understand and believe that he was resurrected. When you look at it all and you go back, you look at everything that happened and you look at the eyewitness accounts, everything, it's a fact. So that is our first fact. And just like I said, when Marty says love, well, how can you love if you don't know what love is? The scripture says that God is love. And so if we look at the standard of love based on who God is, right, Where's our standard in the scripture? First Corinthians chapter thirteen is a description of God. God is love. You read First Corinthians chapter thirteen. I know when you get married, you're gonna you have all these grander ideas that your spouse is gonna just be this person in that first in verse chapter thirteen, and you're like, you're not meeting this. You know why? That because they're not God. We want to strive for that, but they're not God. Only God can be perfect and love you perfectly. So if you do not believe and understand that Jesus died on the cross and that God sent his son, then you've missed the whole point of Christianity. This, why do you think that we quote John 3.16 all the time? Because it is the foundation to Christianity that God, in his royalty, in his righteousness, loved us so much, loved us so much that he didn't want to send billions of people to hell like Marty said. God doesn't want anybody. He says, I would have that no one should perish. No one. So God sent Jesus, his only son, and let him be killed, the prince of all princes, to be killed for us. And then he said, after I do this, after I let Jesus die for your sins, I'm now going to make you an heir and join heir with him. Meaning you're going to have access to everything. Jesus said that if you follow after me and if you believe in me, the works that I have done in greater you will do. Now, how many of you have ever been stabbed in the back by somebody? Not literally. Hopefully not literally. If you have, I feel sorry for you. Glad you're here this morning. <laughs> you made it. Unless it was a little knife, you know. then Maybe it wasn't so bad. But hey, You've been hurt before. And how many of you jump up and down and go, oh, I tell you what, you can have my car. <laughs> I appreciate it. And you can have my house. I tell you what, you can live with me and we'll, we'll fix food together and we'll just hang out. Most of us are like, I don't want nothing to do with them. If that's the way they're going to be. But isn't that great? God loved us so much that he sent Jesus and then he gave us everything Jesus has. When Connie says that we can sing on the frequency of heaven and we can rejoice and worship on the frequency of heaven, it's because of Jesus that we have that ability to do that. Otherwise, we are nothing. The Bible says that that we're dirty and sinful and we can't make it into heaven. But Jesus changed that whole, whole thing for us. So that's the first thing that we have to understand, the first fact, and it has been said I love this. It's been said that the door to hell has a doorknob on it that has no lock. That, that's, that's called a closet door, right? Closet door doesn't give you much of nothing, right? But closet doors don't have locks on them normally. If you, go to, if you go to Home Depot and you're looking for a door and it says closet door, if you look on the side, it doesn't have a lock on it. That way you open and close, you don't need a lock. Why spend extra money for a lock? It's Just towels in there. I don't know what's in your closet, but that's what's in my closet. But it says that the the door to hell has a doorknob on it, has no lock, and anyone can walk right through it. Any one of us can make that choice. Those Those billions of people that Marty says are going to hell, they made that choice. But the door to heaven is locked from the inside, and only... the the only way you can enter through it is through the blood of Jesus. It's by the Lord unlocking it for you and letting you in. It's the only way. The door to hell is wide open. Satan wants you. He wants wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy these men's lives. That's why it's so easy. They say, oh, it feels so good. It's so great. Why? Because it's easy. Ain't gonna feel so good when... uh, Eternity comes. Here's what Jesus said. John chapter 10, verse 9 through 10. He says, yes, I am the gate, or I am the door. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy, and my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Now, when he says rich, I want you to think about money here, all right? Money has nothing to do with riches, all right? It doesn't. That's just something that we have down here. Makes life easy if we have money, but the, he wants to give you a rich and satisfying life. You, you don't have to have money. You don't have to have anything else. You have to have Jesus, what does the world tell us? Oh, just run towards hell. They may not say it that way, but they say run away from Jesus. Who needs Jesus in the world, in the United States of America? We took Bible and prayer out of public schools. And what have we seen ever since then? A precipitous decline. A precipitous decline in godliness. A precipitous uh, increase in crime, in, in murders, in mass murders. You know, we always want to blame something else for what's going on. Let's blame what's really the truth is that we as a country have left God and we've decided we know what's best. We've left the facts behind and we don't understand that the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. We've left those facts behind us. We said we don't care about the facts. We don't care what has happened. We don't care about the miracles that happened to, to create this great country. We, we're not going to go through a history lesson this morning on all the miracles, but we don't care about that. <coughs> so he said, "I'm the gate." So facts is number one. Why? We they left the facts. Number two is faith. We have to believe in Jesus, and that's what's called faith. Faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That's what the Scripture says. It is what we hope for, but what we cannot see. A lot of times we use the word faith today, and we have faith that we're going to be healed. We have faith that God's going to pay the mortgage bill. But faith is so much more than those little things. Faith is all-encompassing in Jesus And even when things aren't perfect, even when somebody dies or somebody is hurt or the finances don't seem to be there right at that moment, the faith is, I don't see it now, but I already know that my Jesus has taken care of it. That's faith. And when we talk about walking away from the faith, we're talking about walking away from the belief and the understanding that because Jesus died, fact, because he was raised from the dead, fact, Because God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son for us, fact, because we don't believe in that anymore. That's walking away from the faith. The faith is that because God did this and said this, he will forgive me and he will let me into his kingdom. That's faith. But do you know you have to have faith to be an atheist? That's why we did a series called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. You have to have faith. Why? Because it's stuff that you can't see. Right? You're saying there is no God, but you don't know that. How can you prove to me there's no God? You can't. It's easier for me to prove to you that there is a God than than it is for you to prove to me that there's not a God. So that means that you have faith that there's no God. All right? So no matter what form that you take, you have to have faith in something. As Christians, we say you're leaving the faith. That means you're leaving the understanding that Jesus is the only way, he is the only truth, he is the only life, that no one comes to the Father but through him. You're leaving the faith that one day, how about this? Oh, well, I just believe that I'm going to die and turn into dirt. And nothing else is going to happen after that. Guess what? You have faith that that's going to happen. You don't know that. Because nobody who's died and turned into dirt has come back to you and said, hey, this is what happens when you die and turn into dirt. Nothing. You don't know that. That is what faith is. Everybody has faith in something, no matter what it is. And then the third thing. So they left. So you leave the facts. When you leave the facts, then faith, it's hard to have faith when you don't have facts. That's why I don't, I don't want to get people saved just because I said I believe it. What did Marty Simpson? I said I'm tired of the I just believe it. You shouldn't have to just believe it. You know, if you tell me that my car is blue and it's got gray interior and it's a Honda, I can go out there and look at it and I can believe in that, right? If we do that with the scripture and show people where Jesus died, where he was resurrected, we take apologetics and we say, hey, we take archaeological stuff and historical information and we show them that, no longer do they have to believe it just out of faith hoping these things but they now can believe it because there's facts behind it and if all of this happened then my faith can be strong because I do believe now that Jesus did die and 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 did forgive me so now I have faith that I will enter into the kingdom of heaven you see that's where the faith is no longer do you have to have faith that Jesus died you know that that's a fact you don't have to have faith in that you have faith that your sins are forgiven and that you're going to enter the kingdom of heaven because everything else God said he was going to do he did He's never lied. And you look at his scripture, and everything he said he's going to do, he's done. Now, he's destroyed some people, but he kept his word. He said he was going to destroy them. And he saved people. He kept his word. He said he's going to do it. We don't have to have faith when we have the fact. We don't have to have faith in the facts. We have faith that the outcome is going to be what he says it's going to be, even though that outcome's not here yet. Then three feelings. When you come to Christ, you give your life to Him. Things change. I'm not saying that your situation outside changes. I'm not saying that your friends immediately change. I'm not saying that that uh, that you're gonna. I'm gonna come to Christ, and I'm not gonna have any problems. No, that's not what the Scripture says. Scripture says you're gonna be hated because you love me. He says you're gonna be persecuted because you love me. He says that the devil's gonna come against you. He's gonna try to trip you up and mess you up. That. You can't live perfectly in an imperfect environment. It's not possible for us because we're not the Lord, okay? But when what happens to us is there's a feeling. When we come to Christ, there's a change that happens in our life. And when you talk to anybody who, is, who has come to Christ, they say something changed. I have seen people lay down their cigarettes. I've seen people lay down their, their, their drugs, their booze, other things, and just said, I'm done. Something has changed. Something has changed in my life, and I don't want to do this anymore. That's not what I want to do, okay? And I just named a few there. We could list all kinds of different things, vices in our life that, that the Lord may want us to, to get rid of. And when he comes in our life, he changes it. So we feel that. And then what's the other thing that happens? When you come to Christ, you don't do like Marty and say, boy, it feels good. No, instead, you hurt. When you've come to Christ and you sin against him and you sin against his word, you feel guilty. Probably because you are guilty, but you feel guilty. Why? Because you've sinned. You feel joy when someone else is saved from hell. because Why? Because the Lord has given them life just like he's given you. And when everything comes crashing down around you, the Bible says that he has perfect peace, that he has peace that surpasses all understanding. I think that I could probably ask a no- number of you today and say, hey, can you tell me of a moment that you had peace that surpasses all understanding? And you'd be like, oh, you know what? I can't. You wouldn't believe what was going on in my life. And this peace came to me. This happened to me a few weeks ago where there was a situation going on and I just knelt down in prayer. And I told Christy, I said, I got peace about it. Where I could have been, oh, no, what if this happens? Oh, no. You know what? Not no, blah, 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 blah. I'll say it right here in a minute. <laughs> The next day, the next day, I get this phone call. I'm talking to this person, the person I was praying for, and the situation I was praying about. And they said, what should, what should I do in this situation? What's, uh, and I said, this is what I think you should do. This is my opinion, but it's a prayerful opinion, and I'm not saying it because I'm biased, but this is my opinion. And I get a text an hour later with the result. They'd done what I told them to do. I was like, wow, you know. You always want to give godly wisdom, but you never know when somebody's going to take it and when somebody's not, right? And they took it, and I said, I told Christy, I said, see, that was the peace. God gave me that peace that, that it was just going to be fine. And it was such a, a relaxing piece at that, to say that. It was so, and so we have feelings, facts, faith, and feelings. We have those. When everything comes crashing down, down around us and everything seems like the world's against us, we know that God has the final word, that the world and that the situation does not have the final word. He's got the final word. So why did these men, Let's get to this. Why did these men really lose the faith? We know they left the facts, and without facts, it's it's hard for faith. Why? Because we have a church in the United States of America today who lives off of feelings. They did it reverse. We do it reverse today, and I don't have a a, a shot for this. I should have. But we do it reverse. We go feelings, faith, and facts. What do I mean by that? Feelings is this, it feels good, so therefore I should do it. You heard that? It feels good, so therefore I should be doing it. You know, I saw somebody the other day says, What are you doing? When you get off of work Friday night. Man, I'm gonna go get drunk. And I says, Well, not me. Because I got better things to do than that. <coughs> Why do you get drunk? Why would they get drunk? Because it's feelings. I feel good when I'm drunk. Why do people stay drunk? Feelings. Because they don't want to face the facts that life isn't as great as they thought it was. They don't want to have faith in anything. So we go backwards, right? So we bring people into a church. We make them feel good. Instead of me preaching a sermon like this, I preach a sermon on, you know what? You're the best ever. Nothing bad's ever going to happen to you. You feel good. And I say, All the right things. I got guest services out there. Cut the coffee. Oh, how many? You want two? Okay, put that in. All right. We're going to make you feel good. Here, I'm going to give you a tote bag, and I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do that for you. And I'll tell you what, let me walk you out. Oh, here's your number. And I'm not against, you know, being kind and nice to people, all right? But what I'm saying is we make you feel good so you'll come back next week. And you go, hmm, this Christianity feels pretty good. I'm liking this so much. You know, that Christianity doesn't work. I've talked talk to you about this before. That Christianity doesn't work in all places. I mean, in the Middle East, in places where your church can be no more than eight people because you can't be found out that you're Christian or they'll kill you. Where they meet in the mosque out in the front, when you come into the mosques, they meet in that open area and they have Bible studies in the open. Everybody thinks that they're Muslims meeting together and they're they're having Bible study there together. And they can't baptize like you know, in water like we want to. You know, they can't dunk you because there's no place to dunk you. But they'll go into the mosque where there's showers and they'll turn the showers on and they'll get them soaking wet from head to toe and baptize them in Jesus' name. Now, if you ask them, does all of this feel good? Is this the way you want to do it? Do you want to just meet with eight people? Do you want to get baptized in the shower? Do you want to have to meet out in the open and only one person can know where the other Group is, where all these other groups, only one person in this group knows where another group is, and only one person in that group knows where another. That way, if somebody gets caught, they can't be routed out, and they can't find this network of Christian groups of eight members, these churches of eight people. We're too big this morning. We'd have to split this thing up. And most of them that meet are men, because it's hard to, to allow the women to get out in the public like that. It's just a bunch of, a lot of men, and they had to go back to their families and teach their families what they've learned. So in America, though, it's feelings. We're going to show a good movie. We're going to show whatever, whatever makes you feel good. And so then you make a decision. I'm going to come to Christ. I'm going to have faith in Jesus because it feels good to me. I'm going to have faith in Jesus because it feels good to me. And since I have feelings that are good, I have faith in God. I really don't care what the facts are. Oh, but then when somebody starts to question my faith, I don't know what the facts are. So now I'll ask dumb questions like Marty said, (laughs) questions like why would a good God send four billion people to hell? I'll ask them questions like that because I don't know the facts. I don't know that God doesn't send four billion people to hell. They make that choice on their own. Instead, I know the fact is that God sent his son and let his son be killed who shouldn't have been killed because of our sin. Because we went against God. So when we reverse this and we go feelings, faith, and facts, it messes everything up and we can get tripped up. We cannot live in this world, in the United States of America, we can't go with feelings, faith, and facts. we got to go the other route. If you know what you believe, you will stand up for it. Right? Robert, if your wife's cooking's good, you will stand up for it when somebody says it's not good. Now, if it's bad, I'm not saying that. But you'll stand up for it, right? But if you don't know, if Sax's food is good and somebody says his food's bad, you'll probably go, I'm not gonna eat his food. But if you know your wife's food's good, you'll stand up for it. You'll say, It's good, I eat it all the time. And I'll eat it. And that's why we need facts first so that our faith is not built on sand, it's built on the rock. And when we know about Jesus and we know who Jesus was and what he taught and how he lived and and what he did for us, then guess what? The Bible says when we build on a rock that foundation that is Jesus, then when all the other stuff comes and buffers us and hits us, we won't give up. We won't fail. We won't back down. He says that there is nothing that he will put upon us, there's nothing that he'll put upon us that is too much for us to bear. That's a fact. It's what his word says. And that's where I get my faith from. Because I, I believe that everything in the scriptures is true because everything that he said always comes to pass and always happens. So therefore, I have faith that when he says I'm going to be delivered and I'm going to be okay, and that there's going to be a great tribulation that comes one day, I have, I have a belief in that. I understand that that's going to happen. Why? Because everything else has. We can't go into all of the percentages, but... The percentages of of these things coming to pass, the the prophecies and scripture coming to pass, is crazy. And they have. And then, (coughs) my feelings are a result of the facts and the faith, not reverse. So that's what I want to tell you this morning. That get in the word. Now, as we're about to dismiss, how do we get in that word? You can do it at home, but that's also why we have discipleship on Sunday mornings. That's why we have <coughs> uh, Wednesday nights. That's why we have women's meetings. Why? So we have a time to get together and a time to learn and to grow together. A cord of three strands is a lot harder to break than a cord of one. We get together, we study. We we sharpen each other. The Bible says, "As iron sharpens iron, we sharpen each other." You go, well, I already know it all. Well, they're good. They come and tell everybody. Let everybody else know what you know, because maybe they don't know what you know. You get it together, and you sharpen each other up, and you get prepared to go out into the world and to be out in the world together. Why? Because that's what we that, that because we're coming to Christians, and we want we want our facts to be strong, and we want our faith to grow to grow into that. What's something else that we do? Some, something else is our prayer meeting. Our prayer meeting. What does prayer meeting deal with? Number one, facts. The Bible says, asking you will receive, seek and you will find, knock on the door will be open to you. What is that? That is prayer. It is faith. What is prayer? Faith that it's going to happen. And what happens in prayer meeting a lot of times is your feelings get to feeling a lot better because you start to trusting stronger in what God wants to do and he starts giving you direction to do what he wants you to do. Those are those areas we can we can grab a hold of and we can say, Hey, we've got those things. We have that. It's so we can activate our faith when we pray too. We want to activate our faith. Everything we do here at Unlimited Church is strategic not to grow a large church, but to grow the church that we have like an oak tree. An oak tree, the older an oak tree gets, the deeper its roots are going to go and the more it's going to spread out. I want you to look at yourself as an oak tree. And when everything hits you, swaying back and forth, back and forth. Now, the oak tree itself is very, they call it hardwood, right? It's very hard. It's very hard to break an oak tree. These winds hit you. Ice lands on top of you. Yeah, a limb breaks off or something, but it doesn't destroy you, the oak tree. And what are all of those roots? Those roots are everything that we do and every person's life in this church that we're a part of. Wednesday nights, it's another root. Sunday nights, it's another root. Sunday mornings, another root. Children's church back here, these kids get roots they got, they're, they're, they're young right now, so their roots might not be as deep, but they're going to grow the more they're there. Opportunity. Women's meeting. More, right? More roots. These things are going, and it's getting deeper and deeper, and then when you get hit, right, left, front, back, front, back. Prayer at home with our families. Study at home in our Bible. More roots. But notice, not just one. We don't want one root. We want multiple roots going down. And we want to be an oak tree that has that nutrients and has that. We don't, we don't want to be one of these, these Bradford pear trees around here. Wind comes through and they just snap over. You know, We don't want to be one of those, right? We want to be strong. We do that through all of this. That way we can know the facts, which builds our faith, And it sure makes me feel good that I know the facts in my face, Bill, all right?